Hello, gentle listeners. It's episode 27 of Playing It Wrong. That's silly gaming podcast with a live studio audience of two napping dogs who are staring at the office door and totally showing me their butts, wherein some old guy talks about games and stuff. And it's going to be kind of a wild and crazy episode, believe it or not, because I got lots of stuff on my mind. Let's start this off. Man, last week was totally freaking busy. I got the podcast out, got no blog posts done, but I still did get some work done. I got the back alley supplement for Dark Streets and Darker Secrets is nearly done. I got one more editorial pass, and it's ready for publication on drive-thru, so stay tuned for that. If you're a fan of old-school publishing system and you like urban fantasy and horror, check out Dark Streets and Darker Secrets. It's I've blogged about it a lot. Go to the blog. They might be gazebos.blog. They might be gazebos.blog. And what else? Oh, well, hey, I am still messing around and prepping for the campaign after this campaign, which will probably be the blight, just based on the scheduling with the rest of the group. And um, there's some blog posts coming up with my thoughts on that and playing with that. And I've got to do a bunch of prep for next week's Labyrinth, or this week's, I should say, Labyrinth Lord game. See how much time flies. Got to write out some little monster cards, because I've grown to like writing the monster stats on 3x5 cards especially when it's like something that's not in a published adventure because they're in a town and I'm going to have a good session summary next next episode I have the feeling because either the players are going to have their stuff together and do a good plan and it'll go like clockwork or it is literally going to be shit hitting the fan I'm betting there's going to be a fan involved Hey, let's see what else is going on. There, you're going to see some changes up here on the podcast and on the blog, a few other places. I'm planning some stuff. It's some stuff's coming together for me in my brain. That, well, I finally might pull that trigger on that Patreon if things go together right. Who knows? We'll see. It could be fun. It could be disastrous. But hey, that's life. And with all that little bit of introduction there about what's going on and what's not getting done and what's getting done. Let's move on to the topic of this episode, which is finding your voice. So I had one idea for this episode, which is getting pushed back toward next week. But I was looking, listening to Mark Walring's Yawning Owlbear anchor cast. Find him out. That's right. The Yawning Owlbear. And I got a little inspired by his last episode to kind of give some just, I don't know, as a general advice. Because it doesn't matter if you're a DM, a blogger, or a podcaster you got to find your voice. Don't try to sound like, write like, be like somebody else. Be you. Now, you can be inspired by other people. You can even pattern bits and pieces after other people. But the most important thing is finding your voice and the way you either do your podcast, your blog, or you run your games. The way that makes you feel comfortable, entertained, and actually feel more like you're contributing now, why is this even kind of important? One, it's a confidence thing of being comfortable with yourself and putting out either material, either it's blog posts or anchor. I'm going to say this again, again, you know, putting out material includes all that stuff that you're comfortable with and that kind of represents you. Now, if you happen to be an asshole, well, no one really wants to worry about that. But if you're not an asshole and you still have feel like you're having problems, take a step back and just kind of develop your voice. I've been blogging for, what is it? Uh, let's see. 
I think third edition was new when I started blogging. Uh, it was a long time ago. I started off on Live Journal, if that tells you anything. But it took me a long time to find my voice the way I wanted to write those blog posts, not the way other people wanted me to write the blog posts, not posts about what I thought other people wanted me to write about, but what I wanted to write about. The same thing for this podcast, your podcast, anybody's podcast. Talk about the things you want to talk about, how you want to talk about them, and that's simple. Same thing at the game table if you're the DM. Find the style that fits you. I've mentioned this in earlier podcasts. I cannot do grimdark. I cannot do horror. I, I, I will play. I will play those games. I will run those games. But every time I run those games, there still is interjected this weird bit of dark humor that it's just part of me and it's there and it's going to stay there. And I'm not going to fight and not have it there. I'm going to put it there because that's part of me. So get over it. Now, I know this may not seem very game-centric because, well, it's going to kind of flows over into other parts of your life anyway. And you know, maybe that's a good thing. Just you know, having the confidence to be you and do the things you enjoy the way you enjoy them and nobody else gets hurt, hey, go for it. Sorry about that. For some reason, I've got a some drip or something from allergies, so uh, yeah, I got a cough drop in my mouth, so I'm going to sound weird. Or I could sound better now, depending on your whole perspective. Now, where was I? Anyway, finding your voice. As far as gaming goes, the best DM device overall that I've heard anywhere is run games like you want to play them. That's it. Communicate with your players, yeah. But boils down for the DM to really enjoy it, it's got to be a game that you enjoy. If the players are enjoying it and the DM's not, it will eventually wear down and be bleh. If the players aren't enjoying it, but the DM is, it will go bleh. So, everybody gets to be happy. But most importantly, start off with you. Make yourself happy. Find your voice. Find the way you want to talk and communicate. Do whatever crazy thing you want to do on your blog, your game, your podcast. Be fun. Be you. Dare I say it, in this day of social media, be an individual. All right, that is my kind of rant and probably preaching to a choir to a lot of people, but hey, that was this week's thought. Now we're going to move on to the session summary. What happened in gaming last week? So this last week was the 5th edition game, and we're up to, I think, uh, we're 8th level now. Well, we just I got the, my barbarian got a really neat sword. Um, we played around with the deck of many things. Oh yeah, and we took a quest to eventually kill a Death Knight. Now, old school, they were deadly. They're bad in 5e, but they're not as bad as they are in the old school. But still, it's above our pay grade and something we're going to do later on. So we've meandered around a dungeon. We're still meandering around a dungeon, killing stuff, coming back. Barely having any money. Having fun playing with a deck of many things. Our party consists of, let's see, a fighter sorcerer, uh, my barbarian... Uh, cleric, and what does the other guy playing? Oh, he's playing a paladin for the very first time. Yes, new players, they're always fun with their, their first paladin. So overall, there was nothing really crazy and super exciting in the game. It was a good game, but nothing that really warrants going, ah! other than, hey, wow, we agreed to kill a death knight eventually. So uh, that's going to be hopefully an interesting fight or a very short one. We shall see. All right, we're going to wrap this up. 
And we're going to move on to those readings from the little brown books that Goth Tim Gothridge Manor shorts loves so much because of, well, my crazy and off-the-cuff commentary. And this is going to be a special episode because we're still on Volume 3. And in case you don't remember, Volume 3 happens to be The Underworld and Wilderness Adventures. And why did I pause last time? And why is this going to be a special episode? Because we got to the example of play. This is going to be so much fun. Now, we have to realize in old school D&D, you, you, know, you might have had lots of players the way the game was originally advertised. I mean, like lots, like 20 or 30 players. So generally you have the DM or referee, you have someone mapping, and you have one person designated as the caller. So they kind of generally speak for the rest of the party of what they're doing. So you know the players can decide, and then the caller finally tells the DM, hey, this is what we're doing. It was a bit slow, sometimes it didn't work that well, it wasn't that fun, and sometimes a lot of people just didn't end up doing stuff. So it wasn't a great thing. But we're going to go through this. We're going to go through this, and a lot of it's really freaking boring, but I will try to liven it up for you. So we have the referee and the caller. I think there might be a player later on, but hey, let me double check. Nope, just referee and caller, it looks like. All right, the referee steps down to the east. The caller says, we are going down, because that's the only way you can freaking go. Referee, 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet, and a 10-foot square landing steps down to the north and curving down southeast. The caller, take those to the southeast. Okay. Referee, 10 feet, and the steps curve more to the south. 20 feet, steps end, and you are on a 10-foot wide passage, which runs east, southeast, and west. There is a door to your left across the passage on a northwest wall. Listen to the door, the three of us. The referee, yeah, I hear nothing. Oh, I should do some dice rolling sounds in the background here. Caller, ignore the door and proceed along the corridor southeast. Southeast. Let's face it, if you don't hear anything, chances are you're going to go in there. Let me take off some dice here. I, I have official dice here on my desk. These are the official Kickstarter dice from the old Swords and Wizardry Kickstarter. And um, if anyone from Frog God Games happens to be listening, these dice fucking suck. They do, but they're nice on my desk. They look nice. Anyway, let's see. They go 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet, 50 feet. Four-way, northwest, northeast, south, and southwest. The south passage is 20 feet wide. Caller, go south. Ref, 10 to 70 feet, passage continues, doors east and west. Caller, listen at the east door. Oh, here we go. I don't know if you heard that or not. I've got a gaming headset on. I just put my head over my desk. But anyway, um, what do we do? You hear shuffling as soon as I find where it is, but yes. The two of us, specifically which two, will throw our weight against the door to open it. All will be ready for combat, of course. Referee rolls more dice. And um, the door opens. You can't be surprised, but the monsters, you see half a dozen gnolls, can be. And make check for surprise. I have no idea if you can hear those or not, and I'm not rewinding it back to find out. So um, I'm just maybe looking like an idiot here. And the first question the caller does is, what does the room look like? We're examining the walls, ceilings, floors, and the contents of the room itself. Okay, that's fine. Examine the doors. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but first, take care of the knolls. 
After checking to see if the dwarves and her elves are in the party, the room is a truncated pyramid. The east wall is truncated apart directly opposite the doors you entered. It's 10 foot wide long, the door with another door in it. The walls connecting it to the west wall. The place you entered are each about 35 feet long. The west wall, which is where you entered, is 30 feet long. The door in the middle of the wall. The elfist noted that there seems to be a hollow spot near the east end of the southeast wall. The floor and ceiling seem to have nothing unusual. The room contains the bodies of knolls, a pile of refuse in the northern corner west wall, two trunks along the west opposite wall, the one which sounds hollow. Apparently they just totally skipped the description of the combat or saying that there was a combat. Okay, the elf will check out the hollow sound. One of us will sort through the refuse. Each trunk will be opened by one of us, and the remaining two, naming exactly who it is, will each guard a door, listening to get an advance warning if anything approaches. Referee, another check on the hollow sound reveals a secret door, which opens onto a flight of stairs down to the south. The refuse is nothing but sticks, bones, awful, and old clothes. One chest is empty. The other had a poison needle on the lock. Here, a check to see if the character opening it makes a saving throw for poison. The chest with the Poison needle is full of copper pieces. Appears to be about 2,000 copper pieces. I'm not saying if anybody died or not, but you just got 2,000. Empty out all the copper pieces and check the trunk for the secret drawers or a false bottom. But do the same for the empty one. Also, do there seem to be any old boots or cloaks among the old clothes in the rubbish pile? I don't know why this guy's looking for old clothes, but who knows? Maybe it's in the next paragraph. The referee cursing the thoroughness of the collar. The seemingly empty trunk has a false bottom. Yet you have found an onyx case with a jeweled necklace therein. No DM says therein. The case appears to be worth about a thousand gold pieces. A thousand, doesn't say what. Oh, a thousand gold pieces and the necklace, five thousand gold pieces. Amidst the litter, the searcher has located a pair of old boots, but there is nothing like a cloak there. Collar. The boots will be tried on now to see if they allow for silent movement. We can use a pair, a set of elven boots. That is just like, whatever. I will secure the case and necklace in my backpack while the others will try by turn to fill their backpacks with coppers. Referee, this will require four turns. He checks for wandering monsters. And on the fourth try, one is in a cover as their listener at the door is approaching. He also checks to see if it is detected. A lot of good probability that will be heard. It's complete your loading. The dwarf at the west door detects heavy footsteps approaching. The boots, by the way, are elven type. Yeah, you just find elven boots in a pile of junk. Right. Color. Excellent. Our magic user will cast hold portal on the west door while the elf opens the secret one. We will then beat a hasty retreat down the stairs to the south. Onward, friends, to more and bigger loot. And that was the actual play that's in the uh, uh, volume three, Underworld and... Stuff, yeah. With appropriate variations for ability to detect and or see what is around them, the adventure will continue in this manner until the party leaves the dungeon or are killed therein. So yeah, that that is while it may be a our first actual play example, it was kind of freaking boring. Because nothing happened. It didn't really explain that much about how the game actually worked, but it did explain tactics of, of, of party members. And with that, gentle listeners, we're going to draw, draw this episode to a close. I thought it would be longer, but it looks like it's going to hit right about the same mark as the other ones. So with that, visit us at the blog at theymightbegazebos.blog. It's theymightbegazebos.blog. It's the letter B, not B-E. 
Find us on Facebook at They Might Be Gazebos. Hey, hunt us down elsewhere on the internet. I got a Twitter account. I never use it. Anyway, thank you for listening. Oh, and if you want to email us, email at magicpigmedia at gmail.com. And with that, gentle listeners, I bid you adieu. Have a good week of gaming. Roll dice. Have fun. Kill monsters. Take their stuff. And have even more fun. Thank you for listening. <laughs>